you guys doing? Fantastic. Hey, listen, if you have your phones out, if you don't have your phones out, you need to go ahead and get them out uh, so that you can follow along with us as well as uh, my cell phone number is going to be up on the screen. So if you have any questions during the sermon, uh, if you have any, uh, if you want to text me some of those, you're welcome to do that as well. Uh, we're in our second week of our series called Practical or Christian Atheist. And uh, we talked last week that the definition of a Christian atheist is someone who believes in God but his actions speak louder than his words. Somebody who believes in God, but lives as if he doesn't exist. And uh, we said this last week, and I'm probably going to say this every week. Uh, If this is your first time here at One Church, if this is your first time back at church for quite some time, or maybe you've never, ever been to church, I am so glad you're here during the series, because um, we're going to be talking about some things and some reasons Maybe the reason why you didn't come to church or you maybe walked out of church or a lot of different reasons, stuff like that. Because, and you ask most people, why don't you go to church? And they usually give this answer. The church is just full of hypocrites, right? They're full of people who say they believe in God, but actions really don't back it up. And I am so glad, again, you're here. In fact, I would say this. The graphic that we have, we've chosen for this series is a little unique um, because, uh, you know, I, have, I don't know if you've experienced this, um, but I have. By the way, I've never done that, just to let you know. I'm not the best driver, but uh, <clears throat> I've never flipped anybody off um, in anger. I've never flipped anybody off, so... Um, but there's always a first time. Uh, but this whole thing uh, with the whole car, I mean, if you look at her car, her car is screaming one message, right? Um, and her finger is screaming another message. Uh, she, what she has on her bumper stickers, uh, on her bumper, and what she has in her heart and in her head and really that's exhibited herself in her hand is really two different things. In fact, they're incongruent. They're, uh, they're kind of they're, they're an oxymoron. It's hypocritical. And again, I think the reason why many people can act like this, say one thing and do another, really hones in into our big idea today. And it's the fact that you know a lot of people say that they believe in God, and a lot of people say that they know facts about God, but just believing and knowing facts about God something or someone does not equal a relationship with someone. You know what I mean? Just knowing facts about someone doesn't equal a relationship with someone. And the best way I'm going to explain this to you and to me today is a relationship with my wife. I'm going to give you some history of our relationship. I'm going to give you some history, maybe some facts about her. Um, In fact, I'm just going to go ahead and hop in there. My wife and I, we're, uh, she actually is an army brat. She was born in Fort Bragg. And, uh, but she was living in Murfreesboro when she was 15. I was living here in Clarksville when I was 15. And we met each other, not here in Tennessee, but we met each other in Colorado. Her maiden name was Kim Williams. Kim Williams. And uh, we met each other on this Christian tour group. And uh, she was singing, I was playing trumpet, and uh, we got to see literally the entire United States. It was really, really cool. Um, we, uh, le- I actually toured with that group for four years, and, uh, and then after I graduated from high school, um, I ended up going to Austin Peay State University. I was studying trumpet, uh, studying music, and my very first day, I'm zooming down the campus in my 78 Cutlass Supreme, I, I'm going 
way too fast. And somebody honks at me, and I look, and it's Kim. And I'm like, yeah, I think I know you. I mean, we just kind of were acquaintances up to that point. But um, our, my freshman year, our freshman year, um, she was, again, music major. I was a trumpet major. She liked me my first year, and I was in a relationship with somebody else. <clears throat> I liked her my sophomore year, and she was in a relationship with somebody else. So um, there you go. Uh, and I mean, in a lot of ways, she was just perfect. I mean, she loved, she loved God, she loved Jesus, she sang, she was musical, um, she was funny, uh, she, I mean, she was just perfect. And little did I know that the girl that I met when I was 15 years old was the girl I had been praying for since I was in sixth grade. Because since sixth grade, I, was, I had been praying for my future spouse, my wife. Um, so uh, as we start kind of getting in a little bit this deeper, we're still not dating. I mean, I'm just, uh, but I'm wanting to date her. And, and she totally had that great memory of the, the first year where she wanted to date me and I was in a relationship. But by the third year, we started dating in our junior year. And uh, it was wonderful. I mean, uh, by fourth year, we were getting ready to graduate. So I decided, you know, I better do something. Uh, so uh, in December of 92, in front, uh, I was a Sunday school teacher, and Kim, uh, she taught, she was a Sunday school teacher as well. Uh, I taught a bunch of 70, about 70 uh, students uh, at a, a church here in downtown, and uh, in front of all of those students, uh, all the students got up with 70 rosers and says, will you marry Chris? And I know, I'm, I am awesome. Anyway. <clears throat> I'm just joking. Um, and, uh, and I have actually, I, I got a picture of that event, not here, but we're going to, in fact, I'm going to show you some of these pics. Uh, here's a Kim when we were in college, um, and uh, she had really long hair, and uh, I was just like, oh. So, and then, uh, and, and we're just going to cycle through these, some of these other pics. I mean, she, uh, that's us in college. A lot of people say I look like Tom Cruise back then, and I, I can't see it, to be honest with you. Uh, that's us graduating from Austin P. We graduated in uh, 93, and that's was, an, I, I mean, I said, well, I've got to do something about this. We got our pre-engagement pictures. Uh, this is uh, us at Austin P. as well. And then we got married. Uh, December 11th, 1993, we got married, and uh, it was a Christmas wedding, and we had um, just, uh, a, we, had, we had a carol sing, and it was wonderful, because I like Christmas carols, and uh, it was just, it was awesome. So um, we got married, and then we, uh, from there, we decided to go to Dallas Seminary, and uh, I went to Dallas Seminary to, uh, to become a pastor, and she went on staff uh, of a very large church in North Dallas, about 3,000 people. And uh, these are some of our picks uh, while we're in Dallas. Um, uh, we were just absolutely having fun. We were there for four years uh, while I was uh, getting a degree and just had a great time. We didn't have any kids at that point. And uh, we, um, we loved sleeping in. Anybody remember sleeping in before children? Wonderful. <coughs> anyway, um, but uh, we would just go out, and we would have fun, and, and again, Chuck's just going to keep on going with some of these pictures. Uh, again, we just had a great time. Now, as you can tell, my wife has had a lot of different hairstyles. <clears throat> so, probably one of my favorite pictures of Kim right there. I mean, she, and, and let me just tell you some other random facts. I mean, she loves decorating. Uh, her uh, decorating style is kind of like a primitive um, and uh, she loves antiques and stuff like that. And we had a 380-square-foot apartment when we got married when we were in Dallas. So we had to go outside to change our mind. It was that tight. So this is us at the Texas State Fair. 
and just had a great, great time uh, those four years. Tell you some other things she likes. Um, she, uh, she loves pasta. That's her favorite food. Her, her favorite color is periwinkle blue, all right? Things that she hates. She hates laundry, all right? I don't know if there's any other ladies or guys in the house that hate laundry. Thank you. Thank you. You can clap. All right. Uh, she hates ironing. As I was telling her about this, she says, I don't hate ironing, um, but I think she does. She also, uh, she doesn't think she's a good cook. And I can tell you, by, you can probably look at me by, and say, she's a great cook. So I would agree with that. Um, but uh, another thing, she's self-conscious about her feet. She wears a size 10 shoe. And uh, I don't know if there's any other out, ladies out there who wear boats. Um, but uh, she doesn't. She doesn't like wearing uh, tennis shoes because they make her feet look too big. So she doesn't like uh, shoes. I, I, mean, I mean, it's just... See, I've given you a bunch of facts about Kim. But just because I've given you a bunch of facts about Kim does not equal a relationship with Kim. You follow me? I mean, just knowing about someone... And knowing even history, I mean, the thing about Kim is, I, I mean, I could be in, in, a, in a room of 50, she can be in a room with 50 other ladies, and I can hear her voice, and I can pick her voice out. Um, she could be singing in a hundred-voice choir, and I could pick her voice out. Because I have a history with her. I mean, not only do we have a history, we have three kids, we've been married for 17 years now. And, uh, I mean, she is the best thing i got going for me. I say all of this to say just knowing facts about someone doesn't equal a relationship with someone. And that is huge. That is huge. Um, there's a difference between just believing and knowing facts about God and having a relationship with God. Because I think most of us, we're just happy knowing facts about God. In fact, many times if you've grown up in church, you've been to VBS, you've been to Sunday school, you've been to maybe a small group or this or that, and you can regurgitate a lot of facts about God. But that's not the same as having a relationship with God. And some of you are thinking, well, I mean, really, what does God want? I mean, isn't just believing in God enough? I mean, there's a lot of other people who say they don't believe in God, I believe in God. I mean, what more is there? And that's a valid question, guys. But I want to say to you that there is something more than just believing. There's just something more than just knowing facts about God because, and you heard me say this stat last Sunday, 94% of Americans say that they believe in God. But I really believe that 94% of Americans, their life doesn't reflect their belief in God. We're going to turn to two passages of Scripture this morning. The first one is James chapter 2, verse 19. And we're just reading one verse in James, and then we're going to the meat of our passage, and that is going to be in Matthew chapter 7, verses 738 in the One Church Bible. Um, but James chapter 2, verse 19, and this is, the, this is the brother of Jesus talking. Some of you are like, I didn't know Jesus had a brother. He did. You ought to read the Bible. It's pretty amazing. Um, James 2.19, James, the brother of Jesus, says this, and he basically says that belief isn't the same, isn't the same as personal knowledge. Look at this. James chapter 2, verse 19 says this. You say you have faith. For you, what is that next word? 
believe that there is one God. So, and in this day and age, this is written kind of in the days of the Greeks and Romans. They believed in Zeus, Apollo, Hermes, Poseidon. Um, I mean, all of this stuff. Hades, all this stuff. And, and what, what James is writing, he says, okay, you say you have faith because you believe that there is one God. You're saying, I believe in one God, not all of these other gods, the little g, but the big g. But listen to what James says. Good for you. In fact, I think if this was said and if you could hear it, it would probably be in a little bit more sarcastic tone. Good for you. Now look at this. Even the demons believe this. Even the who? The demons believe this and they tremble in terror. So the demons believe in God. The demons have facts about God, but obviously they're separated from God. Right? I mean, there has to be more than this whole Christian thing than just knowing facts about God. Because just, just, just knowing facts about someone isn't the same as having a relationship with someone. Just like you know a lot of different random facts about my wife does not equal having a relationship with my wife. God is saying, listen, you can know a lot of facts about me, but I just don't want you to know facts about me. I want you to know me intimately. That's our big idea this morning. Our big idea is this. Knowing facts about God isn't the same as knowing God. Let's all say that out loud. Knowing facts about God isn't the same as knowing God. The Bible says that Satan and his demons believe facts about God, but that doesn't give them a relationship with God. I think that's huge because I think so many of us, we, have a, we know God by reputation, right? You know God by reputation about what God did maybe in your parents' life. What God did in your spouse's life. You know God by reputation. But knowing God by reputation doesn't give you an intimate relationship with God. I mean, let me go even a little bit farther than that. Some of you even know facts about God. You may have grown up in church. You may have went to Sunday school, went to VBS. You can say all the books of the Bible. You can do all of that stuff. And all that stuff is wonderful. I'm not knocking any of that. But what I do want you to hear me say is just knowing facts about God isn't enough. God wants more than just for you to believe in one God. God wants more than, for you than just to be able to quote John 3.16. God wants more for you than just knowing random facts about the Trinity, about Jesus, about the Bible. God wants a relationship. Not just a relationship, but an intimate relationship with you. Just as I have an intimate relationship with my spouse, God wants to have an intimate relationship with you. Now you think about that. There's a lot of people you have relationships with that you wouldn't use the adjective intimate, would you? I mean, you have relationships with your bank teller. Hopefully it's not an intimate relationship with your bank teller, unless he's your husband or she's your wife. All right. I mean, some of you, you have an intimate relationship with your real estate agent. All right? And they may be your wife. 
Others, I mean, you, I mean, there's a lot of relationships you have that you wouldn't use the word intimate. But God wants an intimate relationship with you, not just by reputation and not just by facts. Now, if you would, if you have your one church Bible, turn to page 738 or Matthew chapter 7, and we're going to start reading in verse 13 or 14. And this is what, now Jesus is talking, this is red letter stuff. That red letter Bible just means that this is, it just says that Jesus is talking. And give you a heads up, just because it's red letter doesn't mean it's any more godly than the rest of the stuff found in the Bible. Because the entire Bible is God's word. Matthew chapter 7 verse 13, and this is what Jesus is saying. You can enter God's kingdom only through the, what's that next word? Narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. What Jesus is saying is you won't have to go searching for the highway to hell. By the way, we ought to write a song about that. I think it would be a top ten. All right. I mean, you don't have to search to try to leave a relationship with God or try to move away from God. There are roads that lead away from God everywhere. Some of you know this because you've been on those roads. I'm going to keep on reading. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult for only a few ever find it. The gateway to life. Now, who is that gateway to life? Well, Jesus says somewhere else in John chapter 14, verse 6, he says this, I am the way, the truth, and the, the life. No one, everybody say no one. No one can come to the Father except through me. Now, that's a huge one because what he's saying is I am the gateway. You want to know how to get to heaven? You want to know how to get to God the Father? You have to go through me. This is what Jesus is saying. That means it's not going through, it's not going through a different religion. It's not going through Allah. It's not going through Buddha. It's not going through Confucius. It's not even go, going through Mary. It's going through Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying. Some of you are saying, well, I, it doesn't matter what I believe. As long as I'm sincere in my belief, then that's going to get me to heaven. And even though I want to say thank you so much for sharing that, a lot of people have that opinion. Jesus says that's not the case. That narrow is the gate. And narrow is the road. That, and what he's saying is that there's only one way. And that is through Jesus Christ. I'm going to keep on reading. Matthew chapter 7 verse 21 says, this is so huge. I mean this story that I'm getting ready to read in verse 21 should give chills up your spine because it did me when I was studying it this week. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. You see, you can say the right thing. I mean, they're saying the right thing. Is Jesus Lord? The answer is yes. You see, you can say the right thing and be theologically accurate in your beliefs, in your statements, and still not get to heaven. Some of you, that should leave you scratching your head going, uh-oh, I can say it right. I can say all the right things, but saying all the right things, hear me, does not equal a relationship. You hear what I'm saying? That doesn't equal a relationship. 
Keep on reading. Verse, into verse 21. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, there it is again. Lord, Lord. Now listen to what they're getting ready to do. He's, he's, they're talking about actions. See, some people, they say, we're Christ, they say they're Christians, but their actions don't do These guys' actions seem like was backing up their words. Look what we did. We prophesied in your name. That means we preached in your name. And we cast out demons in your name. And performed some miracles. What does it say? Many miracles. Many miracles in your name. So not only did they say the right things, but from the outside looking in, it looks like they were doing the right things. I mean, look what these guys have done. They prophesied, they preached, they, they told demons to go and take a hike. Um, they took people who maybe who couldn't walk and said, Jesus commands you to walk, and they could walk. And they're like, dude, we're in. We're in. We're prego. We're in there. Right? But look at how Jesus ends this little story. But I will reply. Who's the I talking here? Jesus. But I will reply, I never, and what is that next word? This next word is key. This next word is the hinge of all of this. I never what? I never knew you. Get away from me. You see, believing in God isn't the same is knowing God. You, you can have all the facts about a relationship and still not be in a relationship with someone. You hear me on this one? I mean, I think the reason why many people are Christian atheists, where they say they believe in God, but their actions don't back it up, is because the reason why they can do that is because they have a lot of facts about God, but they don't have a relationship with God, and they've missed the boat. Let me probe just a little bit deeper. God wants a relationship with you, not an event with you. I'm going to say that again. God wants a relationship with you, not an event with you. For some of you here, some of you have settled just on knowing facts, some of you, though, have settled for just having an event. But God doesn't want just an event with you. He wants a relationship with you. Some of you have asked you, hey, tell me about your relationship with God. And this is how you respond. Well, you know what? When I was eight years old, uh, I prayed a prayer. Others, you'd say, you know what? When I was an infant, I got baptized. Okay? Um, others, you'd say, you know what? When I was 12 years old, I went to VBS and oh. I mean, I mean, and that's my relationship with God. Others of you, you would, you would talk about a time when you were at camp as a youth. But you know what? That's an event. That's not a relationship. Right? I mean, I asked you about your relationship with God, and you said, you know what? I'm 32 years old, and, you know, 25 years ago, uh, I, I had this event with God. I mean, again, let, let's, uh, let's put this back in the real world. If you ask me about my relationship with Kim, and I said, let me tell you about my relationship with Kim. 17 years ago when we got married, it was awesome. And we had singing, and I, I can't make this up. We had a handbell choir. Throw that out there. <clears throat> we, uh, we, I mean... We, uh, it, was, it was beautiful, and her dress was beautiful, and the bridesmaids' dresses, dresses were kind of ugly, but um, 
you want bridesmaids' dresses to be ugly so that the bride will be prettier. Um, I mean, it was beautiful. We had great music. I mean, all of this stuff happened. And that is where my answer to you about my relationship with my wife is. What would you think about that? It'd be sad. Because, and I mean, if my relationship with my wife began and ended when I said I do, some people would say it like this, well, you have a marriage of convenience, right? I mean, you really don't have a relationship with your spouse. You just have a marriage of convenience. Some people have marriages of convenience. And let me tell you, let me tell you what I mean by that. So that they conveniently not pay taxes, right? Not pay as much taxes. Some people have a marriage of convenience so that they can move in together and they won't have to spend double the rent, right? But, you know, they save money that way, right? It's a marriage of convenience. Some people have a marriage of convenience so that you can be on the same health insurance policy. You don't have a relationship, but you have a piece of paper saying you're married, but you don't have a relationship. I think... Hear me. Weddings are great. Weddings are important. But weddings aren't. Weddings just cement the relationship. They're not the relationship. And some of you, I believe, I'll tell you, for the longest time, I had a relationship with God that was a relationship of convenience. I knew facts about God. I even had an event with God. I got dunked. I got baptized when I was eight years old. I knew all of this stuff about God. And let me tell you the reason why I went down front and got baptized. It's because I did not want to go to hell. I I wanted to go to heaven. And I wanted to conveniently not go to hell. And I wanted to conveniently go to heaven, but I did not have a relationship with God. It was a relationship of convenience. That's all it was. And a relationship of convenience is no relationship at all. Hear me on that. It's no relationship with all. So if you're sitting here today and you're thinking, man, I'm I'm struggling with this. Because if somebody asked me about how me and God are doing, I would have said we're doing okay because I believe in God. I mean, a lot of people don't even say they believe it. I believe in God. In fact, I'll even go to church two or three times a year. I mean, I know facts about God. You may even read the Bible some. But just knowing facts about something as someone is not the same as knowing someone. Uh, Matthew 7, 21, Not everyone who calls to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, we cast out demons in your name, we performed many miracles in your name, but I will reply, I never knew you. Do you have a growing relationship with Jesus this morning? Or do you know facts about God? Do you have a growing relationship with Jesus? Or have you just settled on an event? As we close, we can apply this in two ways. The first is this. Some, Some of you, you need to stop focusing on an event and you need to start focusing on a relationship. Because it's not just about an event. Some of you, you have, you think you and God are okay 
because you mouthed a prayer, or because you got baptized when you were an infant, but you don't have a relationship with God. That is what God longs for you. God longs to have an intimate relationship with you, not just an event. So for you today, the thing that you need to start is a relationship with Jesus Christ. For some of you, you need to pray, and there's nothing magical in words, there's nothing magical in anything like that, but, and prayer is just the beginning, just like getting married. A wedding is the beginning, but it's not the whole shebang. If you, let me say it this way, if you, if you prayed a prayer and nothing changed, and you've not had a relationship since then with God, then that probably wasn't it for you. Probably wasn't it. God longs to have a relationship with you. And how you get that is you ask Jesus to come into your heart to save you from yourself, from your sins, from all of your bad habits. God says very clearly that sin separates us from God. But God came into this world so that if we would not just know facts about God, but have a relationship with Him, that we would have everlasting life with Him. And that can start with you today, this morning. In fact, we're going to pray right now, and then I'm going to show you a video, which is going to be the second way we can apply this. But for you, right now, you just may need to begin this relationship with God, and this might be a starting point for you today. So I'm going to ask everybody just to pray. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come down front. I'm not going to ask you anything to do like that. After you pray, if you began this relationship with God, I am going to ask you to fill out the bottom of that bulletin and put that in the offering plate later, just so that we can celebrate with you. So let's all bow our heads right now. And if I've been talking to you up to this point, but, and you have an event with God, you know facts about God, but you don't have a relationship with God, that I would encourage you today, this morning, to talk to Him. Let's pray. Dear God, I pray for those people out there who have been having false hope on an event, on something that happened 25 years ago, but really, it hadn't changed their life. That they have belief, they know facts, they have an event, but they don't have a relationship. And Lord, I pray today that this would be the beginning of a beautiful relationship. Lord, that they would pray a prayer like this and mean it with all their heart. And this would be the starting point. Dear Jesus, Lord, I... I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to forgive my sins. Lord, I know I've chosen wrongly. And those wrong decisions have separated me from you. And I feel like I'm a million miles away from you, God. But right now, God, I pray that Jesus would come into my heart. And what he did on the cross thousands of years ago, Lord, he took my sins away so that he could give me his righteousness. His perfect. His perfectness. Lord, we love you. And God, I, I thank you for hearing this prayer. Thank you for coming into my heart. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, 
I'm going to encourage you to grab your bulletin and fill that out. And the second way, some of you are like, okay, I've done that. But I still don't have a growing relationship with Jesus. What do I do? Well, I would encourage you to do something called starting point. I'm going to show you a video here in a sec, but let me just tell you, starting point, we have a sign-up sheet out at the hub table right when you leave here. Our next starting point orientation that happens on a Sunday morning in between the services for 20 minutes, it's just, it basically shows you how you can continue to grow in your relationship with Jesus. And some of you are like, well, I don't know if that's, is this for me? Is this going to be a fit? Well, it's really for three different types of people. It's for seekers, people who maybe don't have a relationship with Jesus. People who just don't, still have some questions about God, but really don't know where to go to look, this is for you. Another, uh, another uh, group of people that Starting Point is for is, we call them starters. People who have given their heart to Jesus. Maybe you prayed a prayer just like that. Maybe you prayed a prayer 20 years ago, but you still aren't in this. You, you're, you still don't know how to read it. You don't know what to do and, and how to... It's for you. It's for a starter. And then the last group of people this is for is returners. Maybe you've been out of church and you checked out of church for years and you're just now coming back. This is for you. If you're interested in starting point, I would encourage you to leave here and go by the hub and sign up and we'll give you some more information. Our next orientation is next month. Let me pray for you, and we'll uh, continue worshiping. God, we thank you so much, Lord, for how you love us. We thank you so much, God, that, um, Lord, that you long to have an intimate relationship with us, not just facts about and not just an event with, but you want us to have an intimate relationship with you. I pray that this would be the beginning of a beautiful friendship with you, God. I pray that this morning would be the start of a relationship with you, and that we would no longer just be, just be happy with knowing facts about God. But Lord, that you would create that hunger and that thirst in us that we can have a relationship with God. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray.